Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with David Hensel. He is a near-death experiencer. Also, he's a spiritual medium, and I want to welcome him to my show. Hello. How are you? I am great. Thank you for being here, David. I know you also have a podcast called Mystic Stew Podcast. Yeah, so, Mystic Stew. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds fantastic, and we can talk about that in a minute. But I know a little bit about your NDE, your near-death experience, and I know what happened in 2015, and I think you said you were in a coma for about two months. So can you tell me what happened? Yeah, well, I'll start slightly before it. End of 2014, uh, I was having a rough time in my life. I had for years and years, and I did have some pretty strong gifts. And I was just starting to use them, and it confused me, and I didn't like it anymore. I wanted to stop. I went outside. I would pray and pray to God, please just let me go, because I can't do this. I don't know what you want out of me. I don't get it. And did that for a couple weeks, and um, I suffered from terrible anxiety, anxiety disorders where I got seizures almost from it. And one time it got so bad. And when I was doing that, I just, in that moment, I said, I can't do this. I need to come now. I need to leave here now. I was just done. I didn't, you know, Mm. and and about a month later, after I came out of that, I started to get sick and it went on for a few months. My parents into 2015, I just wasn't well, wasn't right. I just got to a point where I couldn't walk anymore. I couldn't oh. eat any, I would drink water, literally smell the air would gag me. It just made me sick. Wow. Everything was awful. And my parents rented a wheelchair and took me to my doctor in a wheelchair. And I had never been in a wheelchair before over yeah. by him. And they just told him, he's really sick. We don't know what's wrong with him. And he looked at me for about 10, 15 minutes and asked me some questions. And he sent me home with cough medicine and told my parents, I'm just weak because I haven't been eating, which was funny because I was 240 pounds. I was a pretty big guy. And right, yeah. anyway, about not less than two weeks later, I opened my eyes one day and the whole room looked like it was breathing. And I started walking and I got to the kitchen, I remember, and my little brother walked in and he said, oh, my God, David, you look like, you know, crap. And he said, I just looked at him and said, I'm going to die now. And I was calm about it. I knew I thought, "Okay, he's answering my prayers. (laughs) And so I passed out. And then everything started. Uh, That was in the beginning of the two months. I believe it was like the beginning of July, I believe. And the first thing I remember after that happened and I closed my eyes, I had opened them a few times. The only thing I can remember are tons of people in operating rooms and or running around the hospital. And then I closed my eyes again and then everything went completely dark. And then I just kind of... I don't know where I was watching it from. It was it from my body or from the top. Yeah. There was a doctor next to me. He said, hang in there. And then I went blank again, completely black. And that's where it started. Every bit of pain, every sickness, everything I had, had totally disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I was just me. And it was just a dark sky. It was just velvety. and It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I tell people, I can't tell people with the colors that I saw, they're not here. Um, But this black was so absolutely beautiful, velvety. 
And as I was standing there, I thought, I must be dead. I died. But I'm like, where is, where's all these things they told me about, you know, in church and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah. It's like nothing was there. And I knew there wasn't hell because they told me when I was a child, they said, there's no such thing. They used to tell me that in my life, you know, when I went to church as a young child, which is a whole other story. Okay. I used to argue with the priests and all that when I was like six and say, <laughs> there's no such thing. And I would tell them about that. I talked to angels and they'd say, no, you can't talk to angels. I'm like, well, yes, I can. <laughs> um, but long story short, I knew that. So I didn't really have, I had the preconceived notion of heaven from the few things I was taught in my life, but I didn't really have anything down. So it was that beautiful sky. And then to my right appeared two beings and two on my right and one on my left. Mm. And I can't explain it, but I just knew them. Yes. I, I knew them. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see what they looked like. You just felt they were there. And I wasn't afraid or anything. And the first thing they said, do you have a question? And they must have knew I did because I said, where do I come from? Mm. That was my that was my question. I didn't care about anything else, how the world was made, anything else. I said, where do I come from? Yeah. And all of a sudden in the distance, that white light, you know, the white light everybody's seeing? Right. That's what I saw it from the side, and there it was. And I talked to a few other NDE people who also had that same thing where they saw it from the side. Oh. And it was, it was like at a 45-degree angle. It was golden white, kind of. And it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. Mm. And there were beings thousands of beings flowing up through it. And I couldn't tell you what they looked like, but they didn't look like humans. But they didn't, they just looked different. And they said, you know, they pointed and I said that was there. And then all of a sudden, everything melded from me in that space with those guys past the light. And then they took me to another dark spot where all these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful points of light started like stars, but they were colors. And another thing, I can't tell you the colors, (laughs) but they were beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that moment, like I knew them they were lights they were people mm-hmm. they were consciousness they were and it was like I remember thinking to myself that the red one you know oh my god I, it's been so long I know you I know you and I kept telling these guys I knew them and they said something kind of like that you're you're not going to stay here and I was like confused I was like wait no I want to stay here I was panicking yeah. and then then they took me to another place and it was it almost looked Greek, the building did. Oh, kind yeah. of Greek. It was big. Yeah, I've heard that and, too. Yeah, and I felt like I had, I felt like I had a body, but I didn't feel heavy. But I felt like, you know, I'm me. Right. And I started walking, and I was following, just like it was just a feeling to walk into certain places. And I walked into this one giant room, and of all things, it almost looked like a bar. Uh, it had a bar but it was just this giant huge white room and there were all these colored bottles and books and everything behind it just tons and a voice just said to me he said well have a seat they'll be right with you and that's all I can remember from that and I (laughs) sat down there and I just kind of twiddled my thumbs and I remember the voice was having a conversation with me just like you know just like talking yeah nothing special and it made me comfortable and then he he said, okay. He said, they're here to see you now. And I was like, all right. And I wasn't afraid yet. And I walked out of the room and I started, he told me to go up the stairs, I remember. So I started walking up these stairs and they were giant stairs and they were like white marble and the veining in them was amazing. It was like glass. It looked like you're walking. Wow. It was so beautiful. 
I walked up there and there was a railing and I looked over the railing and I looked down and there were my four grandparents. And my four grandparents had all visited me after they had left here. Oh, wow. Okay. But they were wearing, and this place is all white, but they were wearing darker colored clothes. My grandfathers had hats on. And they were their age, but their faces weren't wrinkled, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, they were probably younger, probably more like in their 30s. I think a lot of them kind of look like they're younger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You knew they were like in their 80s and 90s when they died, but they didn't have the wrinkles. They still looked like distinguished and older. And I walked down by them and I ran down and I remember and I said, Grandma, Grandpa, Mamo, Papo, because that's what I called the other ones was Mamo and Papo. And they didn't say anything, but they kind of looked sad. And I walked up to them and I stood in front of them and they just kind of gave me a hug and they stood back there and I looked sad. And I said, what's wrong? And they said, they're not staying. Oh. And I remember saying, but I want to stay. Yeah. And they said, you can't stay. And they said, they're going to show you why. Oh, and wow. Then things started to just unfold over and over. At this point, I don't know if I had, I'm sure I'd come back. I don't know if it's on the same part, but they stayed with me during my entire coma, all these beings. Every Uh time I would do stuff, they would, I was walking around the hospital and everything. But while I was over there, my grandparents, they started showing me different lives that I had. Some of them I was like in their position and then I would step out of it and I could watch the action kind of from the side. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, you know, I told them I wanted to stay. I have to stay. I don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. And one of the scenes they showed me was, I don't know if it was Greece as well, but, but it wasn't as pretty. They had me watch a man on the steps and he looked like he was like in his 30s. And he didn't look like he had any scars or anything. And all of a sudden I sensed, I'm like, wait, this dude's wasted. He's drunk. Oh, wow. And then they said, that's you. Oh. And I'm like, wait, what? And it was me. I was, apparently I was an artist. I don't know what, they didn't explain everything to me. I was an artist or something. There was a woman with me. Her name was Athena, but it wasn't Athena from the Greek thing. Oh, okay. That was just her name was Athena. Uh-huh. And... She was up there and she was standing next to one of my paintings and she was crying and she was making like a prayer thing. And I thought, what's this? And then I remember they put me into that guy for a moment. And as I was in that guy, I had his beliefs for that moment. And he believed in mother and father God, not just a God. He believed in this mother and father. And it was more more like a very naturistic, earthy type spiritual thing. And then I stepped back out. And then I watched myself say to them, I can't do this for you. I told you I could, but I can't. I said, I promise I come back. I promise I come back, but I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm. And I died. Apparently, I died from abuse. I I was messed up, I guess. So I was all kinds of alcohol and anything that person could get their hand on. And plus, I was a really, really good artist. And so I don't know what that whole thing was about, but they said, that's why they said you made these promises before. And apparently then they showed me other lives where I kept making this promise that I would come back, which is odd because this time they sent me back this time. Yeah. (laughs) I saw other things too during it. I used to be afraid and I would get scared when they were going to send me back and I'd start feeling the pain. One of the angels, I'm going to call them angel, um, it didn't look like an angel, but that angel kept telling me, when you go back, when you open your eyes, when you're in pain or when you're afraid, God will come and get you. And they didn't use the term like God, like, you know, religious God. They just said that that person, that God will come and get you and you'll know by a sign. And I was like, okay. 
And I remember kind of waking up a little bit or so I thought. I woke up just enough while they were like doing some really weird stuff to me. So they were like putting tubes in my chest and I had broken my ribs already at this point because I had to go into my lungs. I had pneumonia and sepsis and it was misdiagnosed. It was misdiagnosed. Okay. Okay. So I had sepsis going through my body. No wonder you were so sick. That's what sent me into the coma. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, David, let me ask you something. So, you know, we talk about free will and I, I talk about this a lot on my podcast about free will. And you know what I think? There's one thing about free will that we don't have. If it's not our time to, to go, they won't let us. There's no free will, right? No, there's no free will in that. There isn't. There really isn't. If it's your time to go, you're going to go because you actually predetermined that and it's predetermined. There are some people who do have points that I found out like in their life, like say, say you're writing out your life on the other side or however they do it. And it says, hey, this is a difficult life and we're letting you know between 30 and 35, the people who you're with, you have the potential to be murdered or have the potential to have to come back. So if you don't want to, you're going to have to figure this way around it. So you can skip a point if that's something that you agreed to, but your final destination, your final one, you can't come back from it. I mean, you're exactly right with what you said before. You, You can't, you can't say, you know, I'm going to go now or I'm going to come back now or so and so forth. Right. And, you know, I think also when people do unalive themselves, um, they just got to go right back and do it all over again. Is that correct? Yeah. What I know, if somebody wants to know about that, what I know about that, I have extensively talked to these guys about it, talked to the spirit and had validations from other people. One, nobody who does it is treated with any disrespect at all in fact right. they're treated with the most love and understanding As in the they world should be. Yes. yes but they do tell them you broke the contract yeah. so you don't have to go back right away but eventually you're going to have we have to get you back and you have to go through the same situation it might be with different people and so on and so forth but see if you can get through the situations again and most of I hear, it's usually actually the next time most of them usually got it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, what I thought was very interesting is they allowed you to go into another life that you lived and feel what that person felt and have the same beliefs just for a moment. And did it make you understand why you needed to go back? Is it because you didn't finish the life that you should have? Yeah, I understood the promise I made and why I came back. Because, see, they had given me every gift in the world, and I did it again. I had this cool stuff when I was young, but I was battling with that. I couldn't tell people. And, you know, I was born in 66. So when I was younger and I was a kid, I used to tell them that I saw elves or I I knew that there was a ghost there. I would say, this man is here visiting me or, you know, all this stuff. You're a crazy kid. Yeah, That's all you are. You're just crazy at this Mm -hmm. point. And then that went into, you know, and I was hated by children in school because I was was weird. And I was like, wait, you guys don't see this? (laughs) It was like none of them. Nobody there saw or heard what I heard. Right. No. And that's too, and that's too bad because you know you already had abilities. Now when you came back from your NDE when you did come out of the coma and we can talk about how that happened. You know, I know you already had abilities. Did they strengthen? Did they just completely, you know, go crazy after that? What happened? They strengthened, went crazy. The first year, I kind of went through depression. Yeah, um, yeah. They gave me that first year um, and let me go through that because. Once you do that and you come back, you see the world in a whole different way. Oh, yeah. And, okay. and there's nothing you can say to people to make them believe you. 
You know, you can tell them over and over, what you're seeing is not real. This isn't real. That's not going to happen. You know, this, that, and the other thing. Right. And they don't believe you. So you're just kind of stuck with it. And then, long story short, in the coma, they showed, I don't know why, I picked up two things. And they explained it later why it happened. But I knew that we had a little dog named Toto. Mm. And we had two other big, huge dogs that didn't really like her much. But we had Toto forever, and we just kept them all apart. And I found out that Toto was going to get killed by those two dogs, that they were going to get her, and they were going to tear her apart and kill her. Okay, that's what I saw in my coma. And then I also saw, it was played out metaphorically, but me and my brother were going on a rocket. This is uh, one of the closest to when I was coming out of the coma. We were going on a rocket, and they wouldn't let me go because they kept saying, you're not ready. I guess maybe I wasn't getting it, you know. And I was right. like, you're not ready. You're not ready. You cannot go. You cannot go there. So they let my brother go. And then as the rocket took off, it blew apart. It blew up. Oh, wow. And I remember watching it and I said, wait. I said, where did he go? And all the crowd looked at me and they said, they're gone. They died. Mm. And I ran around the hospital. I did everything. I attended the funeral. I did all this stuff. And when I came out of the coma, I thought, well, that was just some bad dreams in the coma. About eight months afterwards, the little dog got outside and the two other dogs tore her apart. Oh. And then my brother, a little bit after that, got stage four lung cancer and a brain tumor that didn't know he had when he died four months later. Oh, no. Oh, David, that's horrible. Yeah. So, well, it's horrible. It sounds horrible, but I'm going to give you the bright side to yeah, it so people don't freak out. Okay, one... I combated with that because I thought that was just my saw until these things happened. And that was the clincher. Those things were told to me to happen so I would understand that I did know these things. Okay. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe myself half the time, well, yeah. you know, my entire life. Totally get it. Yeah. I mean, especially that's a psychic ability to know. To me, psychicness is not only uh, future, it's past, it's also present. Things that you they, know. They did tell me they will never show me death again. And they said, oh, because really? we don't show people that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's nice. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. So, so when people always ask me, do you know when I'm going to die? I'm like, no, you, nobody here knows. Anybody who tells you that they know, don't know. You're the only one who knows. Your soul knows. That's it. Right. And I think you're right about some things because sometimes when people talk like, like what you're saying, and I just know what happened to you did happen. And I know some of the many other things that we all talk about. And I'm like, on a soul level, I know there's no hell. On a soul level, I know there's many, many different levels of the other side. I think okay. tru- I think troubled souls go to different levels. I think if you and I were to die today, you and I might be in the same place, but maybe Jeffrey Dahmer might be somewhere else, but he didn't go to hell, you know, that kind of thing. No, there's no, no and I can tell you that, because I don't say it on TikTok, but right. I guess if you want to know part of my review, what they showed me, so people know, but I don't say it on TikTok because people get scared. Right. Yeah. And it's not as scary as you think. But um, as far as my brother and the dog, I'll tell you, that killed me, that dog thing first. Um, yeah. I was covered in blood because I had to try to help him. And I was, I could barely walk at that. I was still learning how to walk because I had come out of the coma that yeah. long. I was crying and crying all night. And then in the morning, I had a dream before I woke up. And it was me as her running around my parents' backyard. Oh, wow. And so I'm running around and I'm like, this is amazing. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so small. And I was running and 
she took me to, they have a barn in back. She took me to the barn and there was a ball there. And then she took me and it was kind of like hidden away. And then she took me to the back by a bush and there were some sticks that she used to play with there. And then behind the garage, there was another toy of hers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up, I thought that was so realistic. Yeah. I got dressed real quick and I said, I'm going to go outside. Mm-hmm. And I went outside and I went to walk over to the barn. I had not been out there in years. I don't know. what this. I go to the place where I remembered in my dream and there was the ball. Oh, wow. And then I went over to the bush and I went, I was like, okay, it's not in the bush. And then I looked and I moved the dirt over in the bush. It was under the dirt oh, in the bush. Wow. And her other toy was behind the garage. And at that point, I said, you made it. You did go over. Awesome. I'm happy. Thank you. I kept telling her, I'm like, I'm so sorry that you went through that. And then they had told me after that, that she didn't feel it. She left her body before what I was seeing. She had already been gone. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard a lot of near-death experiencers that I've heard, not even interviewed myself, that they had the ability and the know-how just to leave the body once they knew they couldn't return from something that was so horrific so they just could check out and just let whatever happen humans could do that too yeah yeah and i think that's honestly that's very comforting to me (laughs) because you know who knows how we're all gonna die and i hope it's i hope it's all peaceful rather than the next time she was sick i didn't believe it i prayed i tried to send him energy i i heard about energy balls which i had never heard of before so i sat there online for like a month trying to learn how to make an energy ball and like okay i can make these i can feel this i can do this and i would throw it towards where he was in hospice i just throw it over there and like he needs to get better he needs to get better i can make him better and they and they would keep coming to me and they said no 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 you can't make him better this isn't for you to decide and i didn't understand that and i got so mad i was so mad i'm like what do you mean it's not for me to decide i mean i would argue with these spirits back and forth it's not for me to decide because that was his time to go no and i do think that we decide what we're going to do because our higher selves are not any human feelings and they're thinking hey i think it'd be fantastic to have cancer and i think it'd be so good for my soul to understand what it's like to have an abusive parent or whatever and then you're just like oh crap what the heck did i just do when you get here you know but you don't understand that but to me if you do understand that it makes you less of a victim it really does it really does and it should because you know we all have bad things that happen in our lives but half the time it's not that we asked for it we just said this would be good for us if i was in this situation and that's what happened but everybody has the ability to get rid of the past Everybody has the ability to just stay in the moment and go forward and not let anything that happened to you in your past, just forgive it. Just go, you know what? Whatever it did, I'm still here. I won. I forgive you. You go away. I'm moving on. Right, right. And that's that's also the best way to get rid of karma, they told me. They said, if you can just forgive the past, they said, as soon as you forgive situations, it cuts the karmic ties. The karma only has to be figured out by the other person because you already figured it out. Right. And it sounds so simple. And I know a lot of people are like, no, it's just not that simple. I was scarred by this or I can't sleep at night sometimes. And I don't like when somebody touches me like that. You know, that's maybe a therapy situation. I don't know. But if you can get to a point. yeah, It is therapy. Yeah, I'm not knocking that. People should get therapy for those things. But there's going to be a certain point in your life where you just have to say, yes. 
I've done the therapy. I've done this. I'm going to move on. Well, if nothing else, help yourself so that you can still, you know, we're not supposed to come here and have completely miserable lives. I wouldn't think always. I think there has to be some joy. There has to be some happiness. Absolutely. To me, it's like also people are like, well, why are we here? What's the purpose? And I'm thinking, and this is just how I, what I think I know in my soul, David, I feel like if God is all around us and really we're all part of God. We're all sons and daughters, whatever of source, whatever you want to call him. He's experiencing this through me and through David and through anybody else, right? It's like we're reporting back. He's experiencing how I feel about life and how I feel about looking at my husband or or how I feel about when I sing or whatever it is. And to me, when we're just going back to the collective and, and understanding that, and that's how the universe, I think, expands. It does. I think it gets bigger and bigger. People have asked me, what happens to when they make more souls? Where do they go? Because they keep thinking that Earth is the only place. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, no, yeah. Earth is like... No, this is this is one of very, very, very many. Yeah, I do think there are other dimensions, different uh, planets or whatever. And uh, but I do think uh, this is the hardest gig there is. Earth, yeah, over there they don't refer to it as Earth as much to me as they refer to this dimension, oh, okay. which we call Earth. Yeah, and it is Earth. I mean, literally, that's just mincing words. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. But that's how they explain it to me. They call it a dimension. They're like in your dimensional earth, your physical, because this is a physical dimension. But it's the hardest one. We've got all the emotions. We've got every emotion almost that exists here. Yeah. And because we're in these meat suits, I hate to use that term, but it's just kind of true. We have to have an ego to survive, but we don't have an ego once we pass because there's no jealousy. There's no, it's all about love. It's all about encompassing love. And, you know, that's why, Anytime I talk to people like you, they're like, I didn't want to come back. It was beautiful. I felt fantastic. That seemed more real than this did. Oh, my God, it was. was (laughs) I mean, floating around in a black space, talking to colored lights because they were my friends was more real than anything (laughs) that I've ever done here. And and it sounds crazy. And it it sounds funny. And I understand why some people, when I tell them stuff, they're like, really? That's who told you that? I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. You don't have to believe it. You don't. You know? You just have to, you know, all I tell people, you don't have to believe a dang word I say. Yeah. I just want you to believe one thing, that you never, ever die. You literally just transition. That is it. Everyone you know and love, it will, you will be with again at some point, you know. Yeah. You're going to be there. Yeah. People don't realize that my biggest question from people is my husband going to be there when I get there? And I'm like, well, yeah, your husband's going to be there. And so is your other husbands and some of your wives <laughs> right. and a few of your children and your grandma and your grandpa and all of the grandpas and grandpas and, you know, everything. Because people in their human form still think for some reason that gender, sex, and all that exists over there. And it really doesn't. No, it can't. Um, it can't exist. You can, if you like something, you can appear as that. And if your soul is more attracted to the feminine and to the masculine divine, you're probably most likely going to do more female lives than male. Right, right. And I do think that, you know, over there, your guides, your angels, whatever, God tells you, hey, if you want to do this particular situation or you want to live out this life like this, it'd be better off if you were a female or you'd be better off if you were a male. I'm sure there's some of that kind of talk too, don't you think? Oh, there is. 
Yeah. Cause I, I had one life that they showed me and I, I knew I was male in that life because I had to be male in that life for yeah. what I was doing in that life. Exactly. A female could not do in that moment in time. Right. And no, and so that's kind of neat that they can kind of at least guide you. Uh, I just, I, I love these conversations. Let me tell you. So let me ask you some stuff. I know. Let me ask you something that uh, one of my listeners asked. They said, when we dream at night, can we, and do we astro travel? And how often do we do it? A couple times a week, at least. Wow. Um, you don't remember everything. Earth is an illusion of a separation from the universe, or all there is, was, never will be, whatever you want to call it. We'll say yeah. God for the yeah. sake of the make it easy. Okay. You are always in touch. But when you come here, you agreed to have that separation. Yes. Okay. Some people really agreed to have the separation. Some people said, during my lifetime, I want to come to remember, you know. To me, a lot of religions have such a false sense of separation. It's unbelievable. If yeah. <laughs> Some of these people who tell me, oh, I'm a God-fearing person, I always say, Mom, what are you fearing anything for? Right. Well, you know, <laughs> why are you fearing? I have to agree with you because, and I and I talked about this on my podcast. Listen, I if if you want to go to a certain church and you enjoy it and it fills your soul and it makes you happy, that is absolutely your yeah, right. You yeah. yeah, yeah. But I also would like for it because this is why I do my podcast. I don't want people to be afraid of dying. I don't want people to be afraid of anything having to do with the spirit realm or you know another life. You do not die; your body dies. Consciousness continues. You are still you. I will still be Leslie. Now, this is another question, though, I have for you. You know, we have a higher self that always stays on the other side because the higher self is just such a huge, massive energy. There's no way a higher self could embody a person. That's why fragments come down, correct? Correct. Okay, so let me ask you this. Would Leslie's higher self still be me or would Leslie's soul right now, what I am now, would that be just like a book in the one of the stories yeah. of the higher self? How does that work? The pieces of Leslie who are still on the other side, let's say maybe about 60% of you came into this life because you're not doing any dual lives or anything, which is a whole other topic. But so, yeah. so let's say 60% came down here and you got like 40% over there. That 40% is the accumulation of all the Leslie's you have ever been. So that one has the personality of everybody. It's, but it does have its own personality. It's always going to be closest to how you are now. So it's still so one if you're a soul, very joyful right? person here, your yeah. soul is probably very joyful over there. Yeah. If you're oh, super yeah. analytical here, you're probably analytical there. Not always, but probably. Yes, but it's still one soul, David? Like, like it's still one big soul that's just fragmented? Do you see what I'm saying? Or does is Leslie in one life and then maybe I'm John in another life or maybe I'm Betsy in another life? You, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. One, you have a different name when you're there that you probably go by. Oh, yeah, yeah. And no, you can call yourself the higher self, Leslie, because that higher self will acknowledge that and go, oh, she thinks I'm Leslie. Okay, that's cute. But but if you want to know here, this is the easiest way I can say you've always heard that we're just drops in the ocean, right? Right. Okay. So let's say there's a place and it's complete water. It's complete ocean. There is no land. There is no nothing. Okay. And then a big bucket comes out and spills itself on land for a moment. And that big bucket of water right now is going to be Leslie over there. Okay. Or you, whatever your name is. That's you. 
Now, this bucket of water knows that it can learn different things and expand and it has to go places and can. So that bucket of water will take a cup of that water and pour it on Earth. And then that shall be Leslie. And then another cup of water could be poured on another part of Earth if you're playing a, you know, dual life. And that could be Bob. You could even have another cup that's in another dimension or a different time period of Earth and pour it on on there. And you could be Larry. So you could live those three simultaneous lives. Whatever those lives are learning is going to go back to the bucket of Leslie. Okay. And then at some point when the bucket of Leslie has experienced everything there is to experience, everything, every lifetime, every life, every situation, every planet, every everything, that bucket of Leslie can give themselves up and go back to the ocean. Okay. But the thing is... You can still leave that ocean again whenever you want to, but you can't go back there again until you've gone through every situation because that ocean is learning for you as well. And that ocean is you as well, too. So the ocean is Leslie. The bucket of water is Leslie. All the cups of water spattered out throughout the universe are also Leslie. Wow. Wow. I know that sounds, it's, it's harder. I always tell people, don't kill yourself trying to think about it. What's important right now is Leslie. Well, and you know, in our human form, David, we're not supposed to understand that. And it's okay if I don't understand exactly. I get it and I can grasp it to a point. But here's another kind of hard question I'm going to ask. And I hope my listeners understand why I'm asking this. If you say I have to understand and experience all these things, and finally, maybe I become a guide or whatever you become, you don't have to keep coming down because you've learned everything you need to learn. Is it fair to say, I've been murdered, I've been a murderer, I've been, you know, all the things? You've been raped, you've been a rapist, you've been a murderer, yes. you've been murdered. You've died at birth, you've died when you're 90. You've done that as a man, as a woman, you've been every color that ever existed on here. You've been any being that came here before the Leslie characters of the humanity came here. You've probably been an animal at some point yes. because we, our souls, have to come up to evolutionary scale. Now, Absolutely. we don't necessarily go back but we have to come up the scale. So I always tell people, you've been the wind, you've been the sea, you've been the moon, the sun, the stars, you've been everything. Wow, you've been that tree. There's a tree on our land, and I just exactly. know. Yes, yes exactly. that's the most important thing. You know, when I found out about that, and I'll tell you, I studied shamanism. I, I love shamanism, yes. and that's probably the only thing that I partake in, if any uh, religious thing that's even right. close to well, religion. And beautiful. there are souls... A soul can literally, like, if you're over there, Leslie, let's say, and you're like, I'm, you know, I've experienced a lot of stuff. I'm kind of going to take a break from Earth. I'm going to take a break from the planets. I kind of want to know some other stuff. Right. So you could literally say, I'm going to go back to know what it's like to be a flower again because I don't remember it. I do want to re-experience it. Yeah. So you might take a life as a flower. And most people who take a life as a flower will always come back and say, that was just too damn short. Because, <laughs> right. because cause if you think... A hundred years as a human or 90 years as a human is long. A flower lives like a couple of weeks, a month, maybe comes back, and that's it. So according to the other side, that was literally like you didn't even get to close your eyes to blink them. I mean, that's how fast exactly. it was. Yeah, yeah. But you could do that. And trees. Yes. The same tree can house different consciousnesses, and people freak out when I tell them that. No, but I, the tree outside yes. not only has a consciousness there, but another consciousness can enter that too who is experiencing tree. They can agree to switch off. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. That is so funny we're talking about this because we have we have a little property just like an hour and a half away. It's 35 acres. And there's like a 260, we think, year old tree. And we love it. It's a big post oak. It's beautiful. It's so mammoth. It's gorgeous. And I'm thinking if it can house one, 
somebody else just come in and take over and then somebody else you know what i mean it's, it can house all kinds yeah okay yeah we do that with rocks too <laughs> i know well that's dolores cannon too talking about that kind of stuff because at first i was like i was not a rock and then i'm thinking well wait a minute yeah i knew nothing about dolores cannon when i came out oh, and i knew nothing about all these people and i had I have all my stuff written down. I was writing a book. I've got all written down, and I was, I'll do research. I'll research myself. I try to uh, find out how, how big my lie is. You know, I'm like, let's see if Dave is actually right. And yeah. I'll go look up stuff, and it's like, holy cow, these people have the same experiences. Well, that, saying, to me, that, that gives it validity, because you didn't know any of these people. And they're all saying the same thing you're saying. That's why I love talking to near-death experiencers. They all have different aspects of what happened to them. They all have personal experiences. They're all different. But there is one core thing, and I used to say it's love, and not everybody experienced love, but they all did not want to come back here. Oh, nobody does. Yeah, because once you get there, and the weight and the density of, of being in a body, and then getting there, even though you still felt like you could walk, and you could still, you know, twiddle your thumbs or whatever, you still felt like you kind of had a body. And maybe it was just the fact that you could if you wanted, I think anything's possible there. I love that you guys can, you know, it to me, it just makes me feel like I have so much to look forward to. And I don't want to go anywhere anytime soon. I'm about to have a grandbaby in December. Yeah, so I'm so got, excited. You've got, I'm looking on your, I was looking at your timeline where you're talking and, and I don't, not that I can see death, but right. actually, it, it actually, it looks pretty good because of the fact, I think the only health reason that ever seems to come up with you that's, I mean, that's not major, but anything is having to do with food. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah, you you got to take care of your vehicle yes. because this this vehicle is really, you know, people understand this is precious. This thing is helping the soul do some stuff, you know, yes. and it's like, it's your car. You, you know, would you, would you let your car go to heck? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. no, yeah. if you need, if you want to get around, you're going to make sure you have a good car or something. Exactly. And that's basically what your body is. It's a vehicle to move around because if you don't have this vehicle, all your thoughts that you have here are immediate over there. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And I've gotten so much better. Um, I've never been someone who's been crazy overweight. I've been a little overweight here and there, but nothing crazy. Um, but then you get the thyroid issues and all that. And that's all fun. Then menopause sets in. So that's fun. Yours isn't having to do with weight. There's something about some of them. I don't know. There's like a part in your timeline where you kind of get really kind of, uh, it feels like you get kind of bogged down. Like there's so much happening. I mean, you're loving it. There's so much happening, but you're not paying attention to you as much as you're, you're paying attention to all the things that you're doing. Okay. And yeah. that's where it seems like you kind of, you know, you forgot that you have to fuel this vehicle. Oh, and that's okay. what it feels like. You're putting in the wrong fuels. You start doing the wrong stuff and just giving it bad stuff. It's nothing that's going to kill you, but it it leads to being tired and everything else because okay. that's what it feels like. That section, I feel like I'm really tired. And you're like, why am I so tired? I don't understand. I'm sleeping like 20 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that could be a thyroid issue too. But yeah, in fact, I'm going to the endocrinologist this week because I have a I have Hashimoto's, which is like a um, autoimmune disease against my thyroid. So I do have to be careful. Oh, yeah, that's why the food coming up for you yeah, no it is and that may be why no you're god you're spot on i had you have no we did not talk about this guys he does not he barely knows me i found him as you know on tiktok and i'm like hey want to come on my podcast and talk about your near death and he's like okay and then he looked me up and knew that i was real and i was like can i have your phone number 
<laughs> yeah, I, like I told you, guys-wise, like people ask like the mediums and all that. I, I've been talking to guys forever. It's really easy for me to pick up stuff about people just out of the air. That comes so natural wow. for me, and it's yeah. way more natural now. Um, but it's only when I have an intention or if it's permitted, which is like before, like I asked, I always talk out loud to my guides, which I'm not doing now. I do during readings, and people know that. Right. But when I talk out loud and when I talk to them, I'm like, am I able to say anything about Leslie? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, yeah, sure, go, go for it. She's open to it. Um, but it's like with mediumship with loved ones, I always do like some prayers before I do that. They're not prayers of protection. I hate when people do that. What are you protecting yourself from? Um, but <laughs> right. I, I do, I know, six demons are going to come in if I try to talk to your mom. And that's, no, that's not true. No, um, but they, yeah, they give permission and then they show up and I talk out loud to them. I have an oral conversation. I think that's why I like when I do gallery readings and stuff, people find it so fascinating. Absolutely. They're like, wow, it's like you're having a conversation. Are you really seeing them? I'm like, yeah, I really feel them right here when I'm talking to them. Wow. And the more I talk to them like a regular person, the easier it is for me to hear them back. Nice. Well, and that's your technique. And that's what you are so good at. And guys, I'm telling you, I listen to his TikToks and his videos, he explains people will send in questions. And he's the most loving, you know, when he answers the questions, and there's some that are very controversial, but he comes at it with that wonderful intention. And honestly, no matter what, it comes across so loving and there's just no way they can combat it because it's just so nice. And that's what you want. I try to make it, I think spirit takes advantage of me being such a simpleton because oh, they're like, wow. because they will tell me some stuff that I don't understand. And I have a guide and this is funny. So you guys know how this works. If you're <laughs> just about guides, because these, I met all these guys during my near death. So now they're really here. I mean, I know their names now. They wow. said their names. And they're, they're all, you know, and they're part of my life. Yeah. One of my guides used to always, I would ask questions about the universe because I'm clear audience. So yeah. I hear very clearly when he talks, when certain one talks and he said, does it matter one time? And I'm like, wait, why did I hear does it matter? Yeah. Who said does it matter? And I said, yeah, it matters. And then I was doing a meditation like a day later, and all of a sudden the information I started asking for started to come in. Oh, wow. I didn't get it. I had no freaking clue how to even turn that in there. And I said, wait, I don't understand it. And he said, that's because you don't need to. Oh. And I said, okay, okay. Yeah. So fair enough. I'll let it go because I wouldn't have understood it. And, and then, and David, I don't think we're supposed to understand everything. I don't think that that's why we're here to understand how the universe started and what what made the planets. And what, you know, scientists believe a certain thing, and I think they're right too. I, I you know, I'm big in science. I, I understand that they have to understand how it works a little bit, or why are they even here? But I do. Yeah. I also think what started it. I don't know who started God. God's always been. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't think we're supposed to understand it. No, and we'll understand someday if we want oh, to. Yeah, there's yeah. there's stuff too that can't be explained to us because of the fact we don't even have words for it. Right. Well, and we're in human form. And when we're in spirit, because I do remember one near-death experience where I talked to, it was after we stopped recording. And she goes, you know, when I died, and I wish I'd gotten it on recording. She goes, when I died, everything became clear. And I totally understood everything. Everything was fine. I, I got it. It didn't have to be explained to me. 
that's absolutely correct. Now, we don't know everything right when we die. We, like, we right. don't know what's yeah. going to happen to our loved ones. Like, people always go, my mom died, and she's my main guide now. It's like, well, I'm sure your mom guides you, but your guide <laughs> came in and was the one there because your mom is still probably recouping from this life. Right. And she would give you the information only from what she would say if she was your mom. And that might not be the best information for you because right. sometimes our parents and friends aren't right. You have to go and recoup. You have to understand how this works and you have to maybe talk to guides and go, what did you learn? Let's look at your life. You're literally like now you're just a piece of the soul that came here with no memory. It's going to have a memory and you're going to have to go back. And before you can join back into everything, you got to go through everything you just did. Otherwise, yeah. you could, con- well, not contaminate, but for lack of a better word, contaminate. No, no, I That's completely so. agree. I, I tell you, David, you have been so amazing. I may have to have you back on because you have so many good ideas and, and things that I haven't even thought of. The fact that you were able to actually go into another life while you were in your coma and understand how that worked with that other person you were, that blows oh, yeah. me away. I've never heard anybody talk like that, ever. They did that for three of my lives. Wow. I am blown away. So now if somebody were to come to you and want a reading, what can they expect from you? Well, I don't charge a lot of money. So a lot of people go, God, you're so cheap. And then some mediums get mad at me and say, why? <laughs> I, I just charge. I keep a normal day job for now. So by doing that, I don't have to keep all my lights on just with that. Right, right. Um, and that's how it's they did. I'm going to say they, because that's how they did this for me. Okay. Because where I'm working is no place I would ever work, but everything just turns out. Right. But I have different kinds of, like I have some called clarity readings. If you don't want to talk to any your loved ones or anything, you know, they just call Nat and I just do guides. And the guides always validate who they are ahead of time by telling them about their life before they even begin, oh, wow. which is really cool. Yes, um, yes. I'm a big evidential validation type of guy. Okay. I will never just say, I got your grandma here. She bakes cookies and she loves you. You know, no, because right. everybody's grandma did that. You know, yeah, come on, exactly. please. Yeah, her, no, her name, no. address, something. Right. Um, <laughs> expect for me, they can, it depends. I'm fun when I do this. I always tell people straight off. One, I talk to them out loud. So it's going to look weird for a moment. And they always go, no, it's cool. Um, but yeah. I talk out loud to them. They respond back and they respond back to me in human language so I can interpret it. I don't do cursed readings and all that stuff because that simply doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, my concern, I, my my energy does not work in anything other than positive energy. Good. Okay. It doesn't. Yeah. I, I can't even work in negative energy. It just doesn't work for me. It just can't get to me. Right. But I have fun with them. I let them know that if you're going to talk to your mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, whatever, this is a happy occasion. This should be happy. I try to make it like we're all sitting down in a restaurant drinking coffee or having a beer. I mean, it should be fun. They like to talk and reminisce and I get their memories and they show me their, their attitudes. I can pick up their emotions that they had while they were here. So that's how people know. They're like, wow, you sound just like my dad. I'm like, oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's him. (laughs) But yeah, it's just that they don't take over me. I don't channel them that way. I channel their energy is what I channel, right. I guess you could right. say. And they're usually pretty good about, they give names, how they died, how they this and that. I've been through so many deaths in my life. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've felt what it's like to, to skydiving without my parachute not opening. Oh, I felt wow. what it's like to fly off the back of a motorcycle, um, massive heart attacks. But they do it very gently to me. 
uh, gunshots used to bother me if a spirit got shot. Now they just, I can audibly hear a gunshot in my head and then they'll tap me on my body where they were hit. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah, I would tell, you know, even if somebody's a new medium listening to this, listen, if there's something you don't like that's disturbing you and how you're getting the information, you can literally ask them to change that for you. Wow. Okay. Now that's good to know. I have done that. I have done that for many things. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like if somebody wanted to come in, you know, it probably just depends on the person. You know, first, you know, this is... Yeah, yeah, it depends on the person, what they want. So they'll book an hour and they're just like, can you just bring in who's ever there and then answer questions for me? I'm like, sure. I call it, I usually call that the spirit experience where they just come in and we just let the room fill up with people and just have a good time. We do that. And I do parties like that. I'll have like families do that. That's so cool. See, and that's amazing. So now where are you located? I am in North Carolina. Okay. Oh, you had the nice storm that just came by. Ian, that was fun, huh? Oh, yeah. Ian, you know, we had one day of rain. We didn't have nearly anything that South Carolina had or Florida does, you know, and God bless them for, you know, I hope everything works out for them the way it's supposed to, that they get the way they need to be, which I'm sure they will. Absolutely. but we didn't get much of anything, so I, I have to say I'm, I'm lucky. And, and I love a good storm. I do not like a good hurricane, though, but I do love a good storm. Me too. <laughs> and, guys, I'm recording this in uh, early October, so if you're wondering, hey, that was like a month ago, uh, that's why. So, anyway, but, guys, I'm going to put all of David's information on my show notes and also his podcast because I think his podcast has some wonderful things that he does and he explains things there, too. And, David, you have been fantastic. I appreciate your time today so much much. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure, Leslie. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.